Europarama, podcast series about science fiction and the future of the European Union. My name is Giuseppe Porcaro and I'm the author of Discos Hour, a novel about Europe and democracy in the age of algorithms. In each episode, I'm in conversation with a fellow writer and together we explore and create a fictional future scenario for the continent. Today, I'm very happy to host Mikhail Hovreski, if I pronounce it correctly, from Bratislava. Mikhail uh, has uh, recently published a novel called Troll, touching upon a near-future dystopia where Europe is uh, becoming more and more of a fortress and um, defending itself from another empire, fluid kind of empire, which is uh, at its eastern border, without naming any kind of uh, references to to real geopolitics, uh, uh, you can already imagine a little bit the, the kind of scenario we are speaking about. I would like to explore with Michal, first of all, his passion for, for writing, where it comes from. And then secondly, we will explore a little bit a Europe uh, in which trolling and, and fake news uh, are becoming more and more an issue. But first of all, let me ask Michal to introduce himself. Hello, uh, good morning and thanks for having me. And uh, I'm 42 years old and I was born in Bratislava at the time and it was still Czechoslovakia. That was my home country. Later, 1993, the country separated into two parts and I became citizen of Slovak Republic, one of the younger republics in the uh, European Union. And um, I come from a family of writers and readers, uh, which was very important. Bookshelves played an important role in apartments of many family members. My grandfather was professor of economics in Czechoslovakia and uh, an author of many academical works. Uh, my father is a professor of computer science and a passionate reader of science fiction and uh, crime novels and also author of more than I think 30 publications, especially academic publication textbooks, uh, but also um, popular nonfiction for young adults and kids uh, dealing with mathematics, computer science and uh, natural sciences. So Reading was an important part of my everyday life since early childhood, and I'm very thankful to this, because I, this is not granted today anymore, and I was very privileged. I was read to by my parents, and uh, I started reading early, and um, and I discovered science fiction in early age, because in uh, Eastern Europe, uh, fantastic literature, fantastic writing had a very long tradition, and uh, I still spent 13 years in so-called real socialism, and uh, science fiction was a way of escapism as well, and uh, a possibility to tell things which otherwise you were not allowed to tell. So people were reading lots of SF novels to see some hidden messages, some hidden criticism, which otherwise in so-called uh, normal fiction uh, were censored or otherwise prohibited, uh, not allowed, and, and, and so on. Uh, so at the early age, uh, you could read a lot of Eastern European science fiction, uh, Soviet, Bulgarian, uh, Romanian, Hungarian, and, and once in a while, they always published like 10 um, Russian and one American uh, collection of stories. And, uh, and so... 
as a young teenager, when the Velvet Revolution came, it also meant that the market finally got open. The books were allowed to be translated, which were forbidden. And for me, uh, true discovery started because suddenly I could read William Gibson, Thomas Pynchon. Um, I was uh, studying. I was I was I was learning a lot. I was reading a lot, and I discovered the American New Way, Philip K. Dick, and all the others, which became a major influence on my own writing. And um, I started to write short stories when I was about 15, 16 years old basically for fanzines of the science fiction genre. Uh, it was a sort of a samizdat. Uh, even uh, the fantastic literature in the East had its own samizdat editions, uh, Xeroxed and, and home printed and so on. Even works like uh, Isaac Asimov's Foundation uh, Trilogy, and um, and others were not officially allowed to be published, so they were they were uh, published secretly and uh, oft anonymously. Um, so I started in this subgenre of of cyberpunk science fiction, um, publishing my first stories, um, getting some little attention from the awards, local awards in Slovakia in Czech Republic, and. Uh, I published my first two books, which were collections of stories when I was in my 20s. And uh, afterwards, I felt like I want to leave this ghetto of the genre, because in a small language like Slovak, which is spoken by some 5 million people, or Czech, I felt the limitations of this, of this scene. And I also wanted to try something else. And uh, I also started to publish nonfiction essays, I started to deal more with political life and uh, the development of Eastern Europe, especially this transformation from real socialism to this turbo capitalism, which became my big, big interest at that time. And considering the the future of marketing, the future of advertisement in in this part of the world, and the obsession with the new lifestyle and and, and so on, and. Um, to switch to nowadays, I, in the year 2015, I became more and more concerned with the development of internet and especially social networks. I mentioned that being a child of a computer scientist meant that already in the 80s, I was very familiar with computers, early computerization. My father was truly one of the pioneers of computers in Czechoslovakia. I was quite often in his office at the Faculty of Mathematics, and um, the computers were huge as this room, uh, some of them, and, uh, and, but also there were new ones, the microcomputers. My, my father, in something like 1985, let our first microcomputer Sinclair being smuggled from Austria, from Vienna, for horrible price. Uh, uh, so it ended up on our working table with my brother. So we got really freaks about compu early computer gaming and early programming. And uh, so this was my world as a child, as a young adult. And, um, and my father also told me, Michal, if you mean it seriously with writing, do it on computer. And I think it's influenced a lot the way and the style I've write. And um, so suddenly 
about 2015, I noticed a major change in the political discourse of not only Slovakia, but Eastern Europe in general. Suddenly, the fake news were becoming mainstream news. The most popular fake news and disinformation portals were getting enormous attention. Um, some of them, like Hlavne Spravy, which is the most famous fake news site, are reaching up to one million readers a month in a country of five million inhabitants. So you can imagine they have a fundamental impact on the way how people view political life, how they how they think about um, civil society. And uh, the increase of uh, Russian propaganda, especially Russian propaganda in the region, uh, changed the way I, I was viewing uh, internet. From this positive utopia of the 90s, for me it became a nightmare and a, and a, and a tool for tyrants to spread their ideologies and, and their very dangerous view of the world and their hatred towards the West. And I was thinking, what can an artist, what can a writer do to react to this? And basically, I divide my activities into two parts. On one hand, I react as a citizen, as, an, as, an, um, as a person, um, as a human being, as a public intellectual. But on the other hand, I also try to react as a writer, as a fiction writer. And I decided to write a dystopian novel called Troll, about a near future world where the internet is more or less dominated completely by fake news and trolling and uh and europe is the sort of say the fortress uh, which with closed borders um and in a information war with its neighbor in the east which in my novel is called empire but you can clearly see Russia behind it, but it's Russia which is growing bigger, which is expanding in all sorts of directions and trying to influence neighboring countries and trying to get more and more influence, geopolitical influence towards the West. And uh, and the book had an, quite an uh, interesting story in a couple of years because I really thought I'm writing some sort of a near-future vision and, 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 and fantasy of what would be if. And last year when it was published in Germany in Kletkota Publishing House um, and elsewhere in Ukraine, in Bulgaria now, there's more translation coming. People read it as a commentary of the world we live in now because I've wrote it before Donald Trump got elected, before Brexit, before fake news became a real topic of a mainstream media and, and more and more journalists, more and more politicians started to deal with it and with the rise of new sorts of uh, new sorts of extremism, new far-right movements and um, there were some signs before but uh, real the m massive impact of fake news only started to get more attention in the last, since 2016 especially after Trump election. Um, so I am now often asked Michal, so what to do about this? How to stop trolls? You, you, you have some experience. Uh, unfortunately, I have personal experience with uh, trolls attacking me and lots of my fellow colleagues. Uh, in Slovakia, um, we are very often target not just fake news websites, but also politicians. Um, it's a closed market. People know each other. It's a small society. So it's it can get very personal. And, and you have to 
be ready for long telephone calls from the Minister of Interior or from the attacks from the Prime Minister and his party congress. Um, but I think we are used to it. Uh, and uh, and um, so it started from an autobiographical point of view and became some sort of a vision what would be if we were not able to stop these tendencies. This is uh, very fascinating in terms of both uh, how your your biography has been influencing your writing and influencing the way and shaping a little bit in this environment of uh, of Czechoslovakia at the time and then Slovakia later uh, and also the role uh, that science fiction was playing in uh, in in Eastern Europe uh, at the time that's also why I wanted to hear direct from you about uh, this context because it's extremely interesting to see how this uh, literary genre was already playing a, a very specific and political role, which is um, also very much linked to to the idea that is behind Europaramas in terms of uh, imagining uh, and using science fiction as a methodology in order to imagine different kind of futures for Europe, but as well as a tool for activism in terms of uh, decoding the reality that we have now. And and you you put it very correctly in terms of how you came through uh, this whole world uh, throughout your your literary career, but also as you mentioned in in the making of Troll you're working you've been working into that specific kind of issues which is fake news and this let's say political propaganda 6.0 or something like that well I think it's also due to fake news and disinformation spreading around Europe that our democracy is in serious danger and it's a threat to the way to the free world in general and uh I think we're not doing enough to to stop it, and we're not we underestimating this danger. And uh, when you compare how much Russia is investing in the new forms of propaganda, and compare it with what Europe, as European Union is doing, it's almost nothing. And uh, we are weak weak um, in this fight, and we are losing this fight. And um, I think you know. We are celebrating 30 years since the Velvet Revolution uh, in Eastern Europe, starting with the Berlin Wall, you know, the Solidarność, Solidarity Movement in Poland. Then you had Czechoslovakia. Um, major change for the whole, for generations. And uh, when you look to, towards the East, you see a fundamental decline in the trust in the democracy in general. And not even that, uh, we see that especially younger generation is uh, very attracted by pro-Putin propaganda, by authoritarian regimes, um, more and more declining uh, human rights. And uh, if we had election in Slovak Republic only with young generation, with people from 18 till 24 years of age, we would have neo-fascist government in power. Uh, so I think we somehow failed in uh, on many levels that this, this, this is happening. You have the same thing in Hungary where the Jobbik, the most radical right, far-right party uh, among youngsters is 10% more popular than among the general population. The, among general population they have about 20%, among youngsters 30%. That's every third young 
gentleman or lady in Hungary is attracted by this neo-fascist movement. What so? What went wrong with our with our uh, societies? What uh, is it? The education only, or is it you know the lack of political education? Um, I think we have to deal with this. Uh, otherwise, we will be challenging with uh, maybe divided Europe again, uh, where where um, so-called illiberal democracy will be further rising and 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 getting even more attention we can see civil developments also in austria so it's not just the eastern european problem uh, i was deeply shocked when i saw so many western politicians who are attracted by viktor orban um, even donald trump is praising him uh, forgetting all his mistakes simply praising his way of dealing with dealing or not dealing with the refugee issue so uh, I call it the, uh, in German, I called it the Osteuropäisierung des Westen, so Eastern Europeanization of the West, because suddenly uh, we see very similar tendencies also in the Western uh, countries, in, in the traditional democracies like United Kingdom, like France, like Italy. So it's not just because our democracies are so young, only three decades young. It can happen even to democracies which are 60 or hundreds of years old. Um, so it's a, our general, it should be our general concern. Our um, And I think the fiction is a f great tool to experiment with the possible futures, uh, possible to find narratives for, uh, to find storytelling which could explain that to us what went wrong and what how we can do better and how we can we can try to make a change happen um i come from a country where last year a young journalist very talented man was murdered because he was writing about corruption about connection of politics to uh to mafia and um about uh misusing the power for business purposes and um, we saw the whole country rising we saw the biggest protest demonstrations since the velvet revolution in more than 50 cities and villages around whole slovakia and even in more 50 others around the whole globe where exiled slovaks are living people came to streets and have their voice heard to 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 say to to express themselves, and uh, and I was deeply impressed by this, and I strongly supported this this movement because you could see that suddenly, uh, new very young generation is being more politically aware and more active and engaged, and uh, I, th this is a the best way how to react to these ten negative tendencies and. Uh, in the age of populism, where, where everybody's telling you, oh, you can only win as a far-right and a populist, anti-refugee, anti-European politician, we had two elections in Slovakia this year with surprisingly uh, pro-European, pro-democratic, liberal forces winning. We have a first female leader, first female president, which, which she is 45 years young. She is... Uh, lawyer, human rights activist, environmental activist. Uh, she's divorced with two kids uh, and she still could get elected. Catholic Church claimed that every uh, vote for her is a heavy sin. Catholic Church was openly 
fighting against her, campaigning against her, and still she got elected in a country which is supposed to be very conservative and very Catholic. So you can make it happen when you when you do something, when you when you try, when you tr- go to politics, when you get engaged. In the European elections, first time since 20 years, we had a young, new, non-parliamentary party called Progressive Slovakia, Progressive Slovensko, winning over 20% uh, of the votes um, with very young candidates with a pr- clearly pro-European, liberal, green, New Deal program. So um, you just have to try it and you, you, you cannot give up and, and it, it, can, it can truly happen. Let's move a little bit to science fiction now and see... As I say, the, start with the, with the premises of your book. I mean, how did you imagine this uh, Europe uh, that uh, was dominated by, uh, by trolling? And what exactly did it mean for, uh, for the life of people? But also, uh, what kind of environment, infrastructure, uh, even digital infrastructure uh, you, you have been imagining in terms of uh, how this would, would look like? Well, my novel begins with sentences which are more or less autobiographical because I was just reacting to my own experience with trolls. What does it mean to be a victim of trolling and, and, and shitstorms? Um, you know, trolls in the east of Europe are very much trying to manipulate your public image when you are a critical intellectual, critical writer, critical journalist. They always try to get worst possible picture of me at some public event and spread it viral with invented quotes I never told, I never wrote anywhere, and they try to spread it on the really huge structural websites. They have developed over really hundreds of profiles, mostly fake profiles. They, they have um, sometimes with very positively sounding titles like for the freedom of speech or whatever, for the free Slovakia and similar, which are basically uh, very far-right, sometimes neo-Nazi uh, websites. Um, and uh, so I was first of all reacting to so what can you do when you are a victim of such a, such things and from this idea I started to develop uh, two characters who basically are youngsters who are quite a uh, destroyed young 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 people who have nothing to lose and they do believe they should do something they should try to stop these tendencies and they infiltrate into one of the trolling factories which are really existing in the eastern europe and where the fake news commentaries uh, blogs v blogs are produced on a massive scale and uh, they want to first of all understand how it works so how the hate speech is created and how is it spread And then maybe they want when they understand the system, they want to try to stop it and, uh, and influence it. Um, but of course, as in every novel, it doesn't work quite as they imagined. And uh, they get very deeply involved because they have to prove they belong and they are part of it. So uh, suddenly they are in a sort of a... Uh, in a double conspiracy because they are n- not truly aware of how far they themselves are now get full of hate and 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 uh, if they can still distance themselves from what they do and what was the original plan 
And um, basically, in my book, um, we are in a reality where these tendencies are much more common and uh, mainstream media are not anymore able. There are no newspapers of the traditional kind, no classical television networks, but basically the internet became the, the medium of, uh, for information uh, number one. And uh, so these two heroes are on this uh, quest to somehow find themselves and find the way what you can do in the against the system where where, where this surveillance is omnipresent and where you are more or less as an individual um, a quite easy target for for uh, for trolls of these highly developed skills and um, it's uh, it's a dystopian novel but it has some sort of an happy ending in in a way because uh, I wanted to leave the reader with a bit of a hope at the end not to not to just you know present a dark scenario i i i i as a person i truly see this as a, as a political book and also as an engaged book because because my opinion is also clearly um expressed it's not just neutral it's not just um i i am as a as a person I am part of this story. On the note of the um, of the happy ending, and on the note also of um, imagining the, a future of Europe where where maybe uh, this this trolling uh, has to be fought in an even more powerful way than than we have seen now. Uh, how how would you how would you imagine? I mean, or how did you imagine this this kind of? Uh, I mean, without a spoiler for the book, I mean, we can also depart a little bit from from that. But how would you imagine that uh, future Europe uh, uh, that would tackle the issue of uh, of this and that would eventually sort it out or not sort it out? I just can look to the world today to see what might happen. I give you maybe two numbers. Um, Ten years ago, a great sociological research agency in Slovakia called Ivo did a research on anti-Semitism in Slovak Republic. At that time, 2008, about 10% of Slovaks wouldn't like to have a Jewish neighbor. Well, you can say horrible, uh, unacceptable, but somehow, probably in every society, you will find some sort some percentage of people with these opinions. Uh, whatever we try to do, we probably will never completely erase this sort of thinking and, and opinions. But, and that's really scary, 10 years later, 2018, they uh, repeated this survey um, and uh, they found out it rise to 30% of Slovak citizens wouldn't like to have a Jewish neighbor which makes it every third of people in my city, in my community, uh, are... So what, what happened in these 10 years? We have almost non-Jewish population after Holocaust in Slovakia. We have a couple of hundreds of Jews. We have no public Jewish life. We have just very, very small community, which is almost invisible and not practicing. And uh, uh, we have two rabbis, by, but both are... Uh, foreigners who came to work because we don't have any rabbis uh, who, who would be Slovaks. So, well, why this result? 
Well, basically, it's it's the fake news, it's the disinformation, it's the anti-Semitic undertone of many campaigns, especially in our region, against George Soros, the uh, Jewish-Hungarian uh, billionaire who lives in New York, whom he's... Uh, like a perfect target for trolls because he is impersonating all that they hate, you know, the free world, the civic society, the support of NGOs, uh, being rich, being Jewish, being Hungarian, living abroad. Uh, we have not only fake news being spread on these disinformation profiles, but we have high-ranked politicians who do this. You know, we have uh, ex Luckily, ex-Prime Minister Robert Fico, who claimed that the whole uh, social movement 2018, that this whole protest, protest movement, was all manipulated by Soros. He claimed these people are not free. They are not there on their own will, but they are paid for it. They are manipulated to come. They protest what they tell them from the American embassy on, and similar, similar things. So um, we see that this sort of disinformation is really playing with fire and uh, and we see the consequences and uh, when you look at the uh, distrust in democracy it's really decreasing every year in Slovakia and um, you know the very dangerous thing about the social networks in my view is that they are the good and the bad at the same time on one hand 2018, we have seen the protest movement, which was only made possible thanks to social networks. I remember the very first event in February, end of February 2018, about a week after Jan Kuciak was murdered together with his fiancée. It was some sort of a commemoration uh, of his work and of his and uh, and uh, and uh, a ceremony to to of remembrance, and. Organizers were very young people in their 20s, students, um, some of them still in high school, and they expected maybe 500 people. There was not the one poster, there was no advertisement, there was just one Facebook event. 20,000 people came. It was only made possible thanks to Facebook and Twitter. And, uh, but also, on the other hand, just a couple of hours later, the same social networks were used to attack these people who organize this and claiming they are all just manipulated masses and they are all just it's just a fake, it's not a real protest and so on. So, um, and this makes it very tricky for us to, because I'm still part of social networks. I'm on Twitter, I'm on Facebook and I'm quite an active user when I have, when I have some t spare time. And I think we should not leave it as, for example, Jaron Lanier is claiming now, you know, some, some of the pioneers of the World Wide Web are now apologizing and telling, please leave all them, you know, log out and never come back. Uh, I, I'm not like that. I think we should try to fill it with positive contents and, and, and to spread culture, to spread uh, education, to spread knowledge and uh, science. And, and not just to give up, because then it's really going to get dominated by, by this sort of uh, disinformation. Um, but it's, it's, a tough, it's a tough job, and, and, I, and I sometimes really feel, I, after spending many years researching on this issue, um, it can get very tiring and very frustrating. And, um, and um, my new no book is going to be Utopia, after Dystopia, 
I decided to write um, a vision what would be if, there, if Slovakia would never exist. And in my book, I wrote a sort of utopian alternative history of, of Middle and Eastern Europe with no Slovakia. And all Slovaks live in exile. Most of all Slovaks uh, um, live in exile on an island. And, uh, and, um, and they have uh, different sort of clash of civilizations. And, uh, and uh, so I, I, I needed some positive vision and I think Europe needs it as well. Well, on this uh, positive note and on this uh, curiosity about your next book and uh, this utopia without uh, nation states, which, uh, which reminds also, uh, well, it reminds as well the the idea of, of this Kosauer where uh, the nation states collapse and uh, and and there is a different sort of Europe I would like to thank you for for uh, for participating to this episode of Europa Rama uh, which was uh, in a slightly different format than usual it was more like an interview than um, than the usual format uh, we are in fact uh, uh, recording from um, Uh, Denmark from the Roskilde University where we are here attending a, a workshop on science fiction and the future of Europe uh, and um, a, a very interesting uh, experiment uh, bringing uh, academics and uh, science fiction authors together. So thank you very much Mikkel and uh, to our listeners uh, uh, thank you for, uh, for listening to Europa Rama and uh, until next time bye bye.